I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players, and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jaco and Craig Forsyth. This is the one podcast that Todd Pinkston's actually willing to reach out for. Warning, this Flyers podcast is going to feature a high, high volume of Philadelphia Eagles talk. We're very sorry, but we're also not. Yeah, we're not sorry at all. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Guys, 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 welcome to Fly Purbly. I'm Steve. This is Craig. And look, I'm sorry, uh, but I'm not, as I just said. The Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl. We're jacked. We got to talk about it. It was a once yeah. in a lifetime experience. At least if you're from Philadelphia, that's how you think of these things. My voice is not where it needs to be for a podcast. Yeah, I don't care in the slightest. I don't care. <laughs> Craig, buddy, how you feeling? I'm sore as shit, man. Like we, I'm sore as shit too. My back's hurting. Yeah, my, my legs were sore today. I don't care. I've had a smile on my face for 48 hours at least, and I'm just like, it, it's stunning. Yeah, like I, I think the only thing I'm worried about the the pain stuff is like I, I think this is a real time I'm feeling old. Like I didn't do shit, man. All I did was like high five people and run. And like, dude, my, my left hands... shoulder was killing me yesterday from my... all the high fives I gave out. <laughs> my foot feels like it's broken, and I don't even know. Like I didn't do anything spectacular on it. And, like, I, my I hands already had bruised. ankle injuries. That didn't help. <laughs> yeah. So I, man, yeah. Look, we, we'll, we'll talk about. Maybe we'll talk about hockey later. It's probably not happening this week. I don't. Should know we just to... get it out of the way? Should we just say like, "Hey, Jordan Wheel scored a great goal in overtime." Uh, yeah, the, the Flyers Hurricanes game just ended. Nolan Patrick got the Ric Flair robe. Woo! And he looks like he's ten years old in it. And I love Nolan yeah. Patrick. And uh, let's just quickly say Nolan Patrick looks awesome on that second line right now. He looks like he's yeah. really starting to come into his own. Yeah, and they had a nice couple of quiet plays today, like. Uh... There was a, a Simmons missed on a one-timer. It looked like the cans were about to break out of their own zone. Stripped the guy and set Simmons for another chance. I think that was in the third period when the Flyers were pouring it on. So, I mean, you know, this was honestly more than I thought we were going to talk about it. I wanted to talk about the similarities. I want to get a little bit in. We have dedicated we have a dedicated listenership, I assume, well, that I, wants to hear Flyers talk. And it, it's not, not every Flyers fan is an Eagles fan. So uh, I want to give the people what they want. And frankly, I do want to talk a little bit about it just because I watched the game and Jordan Wheel scored that goal. And you know what? I was like a little on the fence about recording tonight. My voice is not where I want it to be. But I saw the Jordan Wheel goal and I was like, oh, baby, let's do this thing. Yeah. I mean, there's because they they did not deserve to win that game tonight, frankly. They got smoked in OT. 
Well, overtime they did look bad. Third period they looked good. Third period, yeah. was uh they should have won in the third period. Yeah, they frankly. got plenty of chances in the third period. I don't know how they didn't get scored on overtime. And I will say, I I mean, all I can say is Claude Giroux with uh, if they do end up making the playoffs, you can look at Claude Giroux batting a puck out of the air and then stacking the old shin pads to make a save as two yeah. of the main reasons that they won that game got that extra point. Like if they edge this out, if they inch into the playoffs, you can look at that series of plays right there. And that's one of the main reasons, man, that's a yeah. captain. That's a captain. I'm just putting it out there. I, I'm so jacked right now. <laughs> I, I'm going to like I, throw I, I, my computer through the wall and yell, woo. Yeah, and then see, I'm going to say, go birds. And then I'm going to go smash something else. Yeah, see, but in a friendly way. I, I, this is why I wanted to talk about the Flyers later on because I was going to ask you a couple of questions about them, but I don't want to do no, it no, now. We can loop back around because I had something else okay. I wanted to tie in to the Eagles talk. But, I mean, I'm just jacked in general. Um, I need the Flyers or the Sixers or both to make the playoffs at this point so I can just get jacked again in a few months. Like, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, just keep it going. <laughs> just keep it going. I, I feel great. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I just, it's been, it's just everything has been wonderful for the last couple of days. And I just, which I'm is just, not something you can often say in Philadelphia. No. And I, I just, done, and I love this city, but you can't say that very often. No. And all I've done is, I mean, I took off Monday and Tuesday. I, Sunday, I was out late. I was out until like, God knows when. Came back. I think I watched the highlights. I'm not kidding. I think I watched the highlights of the game for like three hours. I think I passed out like five. I've rewatched the game twice. Watched, watched. I passed out like five thirty-six. Woke up at eight. Like had coffee and then um, moved from my one friend's apartment. Walked from yeah where we're at North and uh, Wallace or whatever to Eleventh and Lombard. One of my my friend that stayed there from Wilkes was like, we just watched the replay of the Super Bowl at one. And just watch like ESPN and watch the NFL Network and just want to hear people keep saying that the Eagles are Super Bowl champions. So that's pretty much and like I'm just this I, is the second major Philadelphia championship of our lifetime. So and it because look, soul, you guys are cool and all, but you don't count. I think the Wings might have won an NLL championship. They who probably cares? Yeah. I mean, I love the Wings, but I think who the cares? Kicks, the Philadelphia Kicks got some titles in there too, I believe. So oh boy, don't want to don't want to knock them down. Yeah, but I mean, the, the Phantoms won some Calder Cups, and the, those were fun too. But yeah. you know, they're the minor league team. I think specifically, they are the minor league team. Yeah, and like for me, like for me personally, I I was here when the Phillies won. I was happy when the Phillies won. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Craig is, uh, Craig's, Craig's an O's man. He's an yeah. Orioles man. And no, like, nothing I, wrong with that one. Nothing wrong with that one. But, yeah. And I've so like, this is your first major one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Like Sunday was the first time I've really had like that kind of rush. And it was, uh, it was, I mean, it's been surreal. In a lot you of just want it again and again now. Yeah, that's pr that's pretty much what it is. I'm like, like I, I don't, I, know what I I'm don't watching the highlights. Like, it's, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I'm probably going to, I do know what I'm going to do with the Flyers win because I, I went completely nuts for this one. And, you know, <laughs> obviously I'm a huge Flyers fan. I'm doing a weekly podcast on the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers, but yeah. uh, I, I, I'm i going to go, it's going to be pretty close to how nuts I went for the Eagles. I might not have 
uh, all the same people around because, you know, not yeah. every one of your friends appreciates the same sports as you do. And hockey's so niche, but it's I'm going to go insane when the Flyers win and the, the city will not be nearly the level of insanity, but there That's... will be people out there going nuts. Uh, it's yeah. just a feeling I want again is what I'm trying to get at. It's it's amazing. It's just the way I feel, the way Philadelphia feels, man, partying on broad is the best. Even when you get hit by fireworks, it's the best. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I think, I think that's the big thing is like, I'm going to, I'm going to be ecstatic when the flowers win. And I think that's going to be a new like high for me, but I think this one in particular was just like the complete city was different. Like it it was just completely. This is the most popular team in town. This was the longest time coming. Because yeah, yeah, the, Phil- yeah. the Phillies in 08, they had won in 1980. Uh, the Sixers last won in 83. And the Flyers, of course, last won in 75. But the Eagles had never won since they changed over to the Super Bowl. Right. And they had not won an NF- NFL title since 1960. That's an incredibly long time. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not like, you know, they've had their chances too, which is what I think has made it worse. Like that, I I don't. I will never know how those teams from two thousand one to two thousand five never won. I, I I mean they've had other close chances too, but uh, I'm just happy this team won. Like because this was a fun team to watch. Like was this was a fun, a fun team, team to watch. And, yeah, yeah. Just, and it, it's one of those teams where you you never got the feeling like you have with previous teams like this that they were going to just fall short because a lot of the times you do get these scrappy teams that are a lot of fun. Uh, I personally, as a big Phillies fan, look at the 93 Phillies. Yeah. I think I, I heard Ed Rendell make this comparison or something last night, but uh, the 93 Phillies were a team that really had no business being where they were. And right. they almost took advantage of their run, but they didn't, quite they fell short and it's always rocky one for philadelphia it's never actually rocky two (laughs) and they finally got rocky two last night they finally got back they got their revenge game and they nailed it they knocked it out of the park i mean how many times do you watch that kind of eagles game watch any sports team in that kind of game and they take it down to the wire like that and completely flub it at the end like they just fall short it, okay, so for the game I was telling you, though, it wasn't just about the Philly aspect. It, it was Tom Brady down in the final minutes of the Super Bowl. Like it was Apollo times, Creed. But, like, how many times does Tom Brady come back and win that, that game? Like that Almost every time. Yeah, he never loses that game. The but, only time he loses that game is the stupid New York Giants. Yeah, but it doesn't matter now because now he's also done. It doesn't matter Eagles. now. It <laughs> yeah. doesn't matter now. You can't say no and rings. Yeah, and he's done it more recently to the Eagles. So that was no ring. Brady's. No rings for the record was inaccurate for all that time because they did have rings. They were just not Super Bowls. Yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't make it any better. Like that's it doesn't the, make it any better. It makes it a technicality. Don't even have that now. Right. Yeah. Now we're the most recent. Kiss my yeah. ass. So, I. But uh, I mean, that was Tom Brady's best game. Like that was he threw over 500 yards and had three touchdowns, no picks. And his, it, his best you know, physical game in the Eagles beat him. <laughs> the it was such a consummate Philadelphia 
team in so many ways too, which is yeah. why it's surprising they oh, pulled they it out. They could do a movie. They could do a movie on literally everybody on that team. Corey Clement is going to get a movie. Doug Pearson's getting a movie. Nick Foles is getting a movie. Like Nick Foles alone, just like the quote after the Super Bowl, I think is going to get him. Oh my god! Like did somewhere. he did he write that years ago and pull it out? Like I don't understand. <laughs> That but, felt uh, very genuine. Like I think that oh. I, I don't even think he thought about it at all. I think he just kind of put it out there. But like God, that's the Clement, that's so good. But I mean, Clement's a great story. But uh, I want, yeah, Clement. You, we need to talk, talk about, about Clement. Clement. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk like, about Clement. I want to talk about Doug. So like, I, I just I can't imagine what he's going through because he he grew up in Jersey. He was an, actually a fan of the team, right? Like he grew up an Eagles fan. And there's a picture on Twitter of him in like 2012 in front of like the Eagles like press banner that they always have up behind like the press conferences, like the Eagles logos and logos and everything. And he was like one day and then he's on the team and he has a monster run. Undrafted uh, free agent for the record. Yeah. He wasn't even drafted by a team, which no. I mean, if you're looking to be an NFL player, that's got to be one of the most disheartening things that could possibly happen. And yeah. a team takes a flyer on you. You work hard, you run hard and you barely make it onto the team because Wendell Smallwood was far ahead of him on that death chart. Yeah. And then he, yeah. So all that. And then in the biggest game of his life, he had the, he had that monster run where he'd stiff somebody. And I thought he was going to run over a second guy for like a 50 yard touchdown. He had the catch that everybody's saying is not a catch, but that get over it. And then he also had the, on the final, one of the final plays of the game on the kickoff return when they tried to run the Patriots tried to run the reverse. He was the first guy to hit uh, Burkett and set him up inside the 10, which turned out to be pretty important because the Patriots did reach the end zone on the final throw. So like he, and like, I, I, I mean, I didn't see it live. I don't think any of us saw, saw it live, but after the final whistle, they, they cut to him just on the ground, just crying. And he's just like sobbing. And I just, Ajayi was doing that too. Ajayi, yeah, Ajayi broke down, yeah. and like, and like, I like Brand. You talk about Peterson real quick, and then we'll go through. There's like a bunch of guys I can just talk. Yeah, about but I mean, for me, Peterson is is the story of the day here yeah. because you talk about a guy who got disrespected at every turn since he was named head coach. I mean, he he did yeah. pretty well for himself as a an assistant under Reed and everything, and. Uh, when he was named Eagles head coach, the most positive reaction is, well, I mean, he'll probably do pretty well like Andy Reid, but not that well. And the most negative reaction is, what the hell are the Eagles thinking? I'll be honest with you. I didn't feel that many uh, positive reactions when he was hired. I felt like he was coming off off that Chiefs game where he ran out the clock against the Patriots. Like the Chiefs were just lollygagging on the drive when he was the offensive coordinator and everybody was like, great. We got another Andy Reid. He's never right. And really what it ended up being was that was actually just Andy (laughs) Reid. Yeah. Apparently that was Andy Reid being Andy Reid. No, Doug, nobody really had high expectations. And then uh, he did pretty good in his first season. And then uh, Mike Lombardi comes out and just trashes him in the preseason, trashes him calling him the most unqualified coach in the NFL, which is just, you know, that's a, a cruel statement. And very just out of left field, but ultimately maybe something that this team really took to heart in a good way because they rallied around Doug Peterson and he's a guy that seems to inspire a lot of loyalty in his players. I mean, people laughed when they gave him a Gatorade bath after they won their first game of the season, but I mean, 
that just showed how much these guys care about their coach. Yeah. Well, also, real quick, like that first game of the season, like we should have seen this coming. When they when they got the benefit of the call in that Kirk Cousins play, that that was a play that they never get when they force the fumble and it really didn't look like a fumble and it ended up being the game-winning touchdown from Fletcher Cox. That That's a play that never goes the Eagles' way. And it was just like, all right, I guess they got one. Jake, well, you like know, two lakes later, Jake Elliott hits the game-winning field goal from 61 yards out, and they're like, well, this is another thing that never happens for us. And it was just... You, you like you can go back and look at the breadcrumbs all the way through, like week by week, and you can see that we should have known that this was going to be the team. Like, I, it always felt special, but a lot of people just thought that was all yeah. Carson Wentz. And uh, of course, the big doubt period came when Wentz got hurt, and Foles came out and played one good game, yeah. and then was just crap for two two games. And I tried to tell myself uh, just like very quietly, like, okay, well maybe it was just the bad weather. I mean, neither quarterback played that well in those games. Right. It just horrible QB weather it was cold and windy. And if the weather, if he plays in decent weather, maybe he'll be okay. And I, lo and behold, that was actually what happened. He, he played <laughs> yeah. a pretty good game against the Falcons. And a lot of that's Peterson though, because Peterson also looked at what Foles was doing in those games and said, Hey, okay, so something's wrong here. We're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. How can I fix this? And he went back, he looked at Foles' old game tape, he looked at how that guy was successful and applied that appropriately and eventually ended up with that Minnesota game. And it was just a masterpiece. One of the yeah. Nick Foles came out, he had one very good game against the Falcons, and two of the best playoff performances from any Philadelphia athlete of all time. One Dude, of the, any any quarterback ever. Any quarterback. Of, yeah, but, which is insane to say. Like he, I'm even thinking in the history of this city. Well, in yeah. Any sport, in any sport. Like we're talking we're talking Iverson against the Lakers. We're talking Chris Pronger just going ham on the Blackhawks in 2010. We're talking Mike Richards in the shift. We're you know Okay, well, all those things you just listed what happened at the end of those seasons. I know. Well, that's yeah. the city. That's the city. <laughs> yeah, that's the exactly. city. The only time, the only great performances that really resulted in wins are 2008 Phillies. At least the ones I can remember. Right. Obviously, you look at Bernie Perrant back in '74. Okay, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, stuff like that. But I wasn't alive for that. That's not my comparison point. You know, I I can look at. Uh, I'm trying to even think of the proper Phillies example from 1980. Again, not alive. Uh, yeah. 83. I was born a year later. I, I don't remember that Sixers 83. Um, 93 Phillies. Kurt Schilling was very good. Uh, you look at. Oh, man, it's kind of good. Uh, I mean, I'm. Well, listen, like... Kurt Schilling is a terrible human being, but he was a fantastic pitcher for the Phillies. Just right. fantastic. Yeah, for yeah. The Phillies. It's, it's so, probably good. They didn't win that year though. Cause that would have been a, uh, I don't know. They're probably be mixing. You shut your, you shut, <laughs> you shut your filthy face. They, hey, yeah. I mean, if they had won that year, my life would be very different. Yeah. <laughs> that, no, is, um, that 93 team has always looked back behind. That's true. I just, I, you know, I, that wasn't there. Uh, yeah. But from my perspective, that's one of my fondest teams to, to be totally honest. Is that the, I mean, is that the 2010 Flyers of the Phillies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Which, which team would you say is more, do you, 
put in higher regard. Like, which scene was your favorite of those two? Well, I mean, just because I was younger when it happened, the 93 Phillies were my favorite team of all time for a long time. Yeah, that, yeah uh, that's I, fair. It was the, for a long time in my life, it was always the 93 Phillies, the 0405 Eagles, mm, no. the 01, the 2001, I think that's the right year, Sixers, the AI Matumbo, Theo Ratliff, Eric Snow team. I, I think that's the, right. The too, one, yeah. You, yeah, the one with Tyrone Liu and the, oh, the yeah, step yeah, yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was great. And uh, it was, unfortunately, the 97 Flyers with a little asterisk next to that with the 2000 Flyers that, you know, we all know how that ended. Yeah. But, but, but they had so many great games before that. They were a very endearing team. And the Flyers have had a ton of teams that I loved but came up short. You look at 04. Against the Lightning, you know, uh, 2010. Yeah. It, there's countless Flyers teams that break your heart like that. Right. And, and Eagles teams. I, so. I think this is, yeah, Eagles teams, absolutely. I mean, 04, 05, they, they were so close. They were so close, and yeah. they just couldn't pull it out. And it's it was against the Patriots. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. amazing. I think but, it's, I, I enjoy, one of the things I've always wondered about, um, with certain sports teams that I, I I never thought would happen to us or like any of the Philly teams or I guess the Orioles for me too, but like a team that faces a certain opponent in the finals and loses the first time and then wins the second time. Like, how do they feel? Like I, like whenever I think of the Patriots now, I'm just going to think about this Super Bowl. Like, like when the, when the Penguins and Red Wings played each other, do the Red Wings think of, like the most recent title or do they think of when they won? Do you know what I mean? Like, cause they had, right. Right. Cause they, they had, won the first time and the penguins won the second time. Yeah. So like, do the Patriots look at the Eagles and they're like, they think of Super Bowl 39 and then just try to ignore this. Or do they think of the most recent event, which is I the, think a hundred percent in this case, they think of the most recent event, especially yeah. if, well, yeah, you know, yeah, right especially now, if yeah. something ends up happening to like, let's say Bill Belichick just decides he's fed up. And retires. Uh, if Tom Brady just decides, hey, I have a model wife and uh, billions of dollars, I'm just going to retire. No. Like, if any of those things happens before next season, this is 100% going to be the sour last taste in that dynasty's mouth. Yeah. Well, 100%. The thing, I think the Bill Belichick already confirmed he's coming back, unfortunately. And then also, I don't think Tom Brady's going anywhere. I no, think he's not. And I well, and they just whatchamacallit josh mcdaniels uh, uh right yeah exactly just decided oh you know i was gonna I, be the head coach of the colts but for some reason i'm just gonna stay as the offensive coordinator you know, hmm. you, you know who might be leaving though is is gronk yeah yeah gronk did you see all that uh, stuff mr 69 might ride yeah. off well, into they, the sunset they asked him point blank yesterday and he was like i don't know where you heard that but i'm gonna sit here and think about it for over the next couple of weeks and kind of look at the season that I had and think about my future. Like he did not give a direct yes or no, whether or not he's going back next year. Right. And I so mean, we often real. talk about hockey and you know, the concussion issues and the CTE and NFL, uh, it might uh, even be a bigger issue. I, I, until the day I die, I think Krankowski played that entire Super Bowl through a concussion. I don't care. I think what so. The, I, think I, don't, so. I don't think what, I don't care what the concussion protocol is. I don't think the NFL saw the Patriots in the Super Bowl and we're like, Oh yeah, we're not going to, make Gronk play. I think there's too much. In the, I mean, you saw what the second half was. It was all Gronk. So like they weren't going to not 
let them play Gronk. I don't know. But, like, I, I think, looking at his life, though, he's already he's won, what, two Super Bowls? Made a kajillion dollars? And he's already taken a ton of abuse physically, so, like, why? I don't know. It's not really... Calvin Johnson stopped, and, you know, he's, yeah. he's not hurting. Yeah, and I mean, and Calvin Johnson didn't even win. Like, uh, like Gronkowski's already won the title. Right, right. He doesn't need to go out and win him again. So, I... And, like, he is the guy who, out of those three you mentioned, but, like, Belichick, Brady, and he, he's got the one that has to physically endure the most. So, Tom yeah. Brady's, uh, I don't know. Tom Brady's, like. How how satisfying is it to beat a Brady at the end of the day? Because, oh my God, that I, picks- you know, it, it's, I guess the equivalent for each sport is it's beating LeBron. It's beating Sidney Crosby. It's beating i can't think of an appropriate yankee but any yankee <laughs> yeah it's tom brady a rod a rod's a good one like Everybody if the if the, if the 09 phillies had pulled that out and beaten a rod oh that would have been great yeah oh, and that was tom tom brady I, I think man that picture of him just sitting on the ground after barnett recovered that's poetry the right there it's like i i want to frame that yeah. And put it in every room in my house. I think so. Like that moment. So that moment for me, like when I saw the ball come out and Barnett jumped on it, that was the first moment in my life where I was like, "Holy shit, my team's gonna win a championship!" Like, like watching the Eagles or Flyers, I was like, "They're gonna do it." And I just remember for that drive because the Eagles had got the lead, and I was like, I, I was too jacked up. I I stood up and I put my arm around uh, my buddy's like shoulder. And as soon as I recovered it, I like screamed and like closed my arms, like flex, like like screaming like that, and I started choking him. <laughs> and, like, I it, like, and like I did it for like a minute, and then after like I realized I like let him go. He was like, "Dude, that was fucking horrible." <laughs> it was like I, I was like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> like, my one, na- I thought my one neighbor was gonna suffocate me to death when he he hugged me. <laughs> like I ran out into the streets of South Philly. And uh, like my one neighbor who I think smokes like eight cigars a day hugged me as a large man. (laughs) And I thought I was going to die in that moment, but at least I would have died finally seeing, (laughs) finally having seen the Eagles win a championship. Yeah. Uh, Uh, yeah, It's yeah. Last night. I mean like last night. So I actually recorded like my, me and my friends like watching the last couple of minutes because I just wanted the historical moment. Yeah. <laughs> on hand I'll, I'll play a little bit of the audio in a bit but we did the same thing we all locked arms yeah. and stood there watching in my living room which is like it's so funny that other people did this like yeah because uh, it was one of the most high tension events of my life yeah. um i think we'll, like, like have you ever like with all the other championship losses like have you ever gotten like really upset like it there's there's upset and then there's like i might throw something upset so I think like uh, title deciding games, mm, the 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 other Super Bowl. I like Rodney Harrison running down the field, flapping his arms like a fucking idiot. I think was the most pissed I ever was in my life. I was pretty and, pissed at that Super Bowl. The one that I pissed remember, me off the most was twenty ten Flyers. Okay, so see for me because I was an idiot back then. I told myself that they were going to be back and this team was mostly coming back and they were going to get another shot. That's what I told myself about the 05 Eagles. Yeah. And I think the thing, um, what was I going to say? Like I, I 
I, I knew that was like a miracle run, and they should have not gotten that far. And I was like, well, next year they're just going to add people. They'll be fine. They'll be back. And then, they actually killed it for most of the season. They did, and then they fell apart at the worst time, and then that team was never the same. And I think since then, like even this year, I had I heard some people that were like, well, even if they don't want it the next year, they're going to get once back next year. And I was like, I'm not fucking, I'm not listening to that right now. I need I this like, now. Yeah, I was like, this is a now thing because you do not know what's going to happen. Because there was the same thing like back in 2010. If you, if you still you got Richards, you still got Carter. Yeah, like if you had told somebody in June of 2010, they're like, oh, you still well, got Pronger. Be here. And then three years later, no, that roster is going to be completely different. Like you would have been like, look at that defense. Crazy. You got Pronger, Carl, Kimo Timo, and <laughs> Braden Coburn. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. Not going anywhere. Oh, my God. You got Claude Giroux, Mike Richards, Jeff Carter, Simone Kanye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, like, I I think God. that... No, one... but I, that one, I... That was the one time I almost got violent after a loss. Like, I almost busted my buddy's chair. Like, yeah. I was just like... When I saw that goal go in past Leighton, I just... I lost it. I was like, they lost on that? They lost on that? <laughs> See, I... Are you kidding me? I think like, this, that I, was my reaction. I couldn't believe it was how they lost. It was the goal they lost on. It just yeah. made me so just because I couldn't believe it was over. I, I couldn't believe yeah. that this miracle run would end with such a whimper. And, and that's think, what killed me. Yeah. See, for me, I think that's kind of what softened the blow because I didn't get there wasn't the initial visual of it being over there wasn't that initial gut punch of the game being over so it's a thing where like over time it's it's gotten worse because i realized how close that team was and how no team has really come close to it yet again for the flyers but like at the time i was just like i I think that's kind of softened the blow i do all right so i'm go i'm gonna go on a whole thing here steve so i think for me though that 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 loss one of the most vivid things I remember from that Stanley Cup loss was uh, that game I was watching with uh, my dad, my brother, um, my stepbrother, and then oh, I forgot who I forget who the fifth person was. But we were watching it. Puck goes in. Like we're all like I, I they lost. I can't believe it. I just remember looking at my dad, and he had like this ten thousand mile stare, and he was just like, "That's Philly sports for you." And, like, he just did not say anything for, like, the next hour. And my dad is the one who got me into the Flyers and got me into the Eagles. And he's, you know, and now it's a pretty important thing in my life. And I always, growing up, I always thought what it would be like, um, like, what I would feel and how we would, like, interact when the Eagles or the Flyers actually did it. And, unfortunately, my dad passed away in 2011. And like I, I, th- I thought about, I thought about him a lot yesterday. And I thought about those moments with the Flyers, like the ten thousand miles there, and the other close times the Eagles came, and watching the other games in 2010 with them. And Sunday night, I was way too happy and way too overjoyed to think about anything. And yesterday, I came home. I watched the replay with my buddy at one o'clock. NFL Network put another replay on at like nine. After I saw the ball hit the ground on the second replay, I just, <laughs> I just fucking broke down. Like all the dad feelings just came back. 
And just all the realizing that, you know, like he wasn't alive during the time that they had actually won a title. He lived from 1962 to 2011. And my grandfather saw a championship, but he never actually saw the Eagles win the Super Bowl. So to like actually see them do it, I like it's just surreal. And I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. And I know I'm not the only one who have had like people leave them. And like, I would have loved for them to do it in 2005. I think that makes it a little bit sweeter now that we had to wait longer and all the demons were killed and it was the same team. And like, I was in Philly for this one and just to see everybody lose their shit. So yeah, I mean, it was just an awesome game. (laughs) Just, Craig, you, you you got me in tears over here, my man. I'm sorry. No, no, do not apologize. Thank you for, no, thank you for sharing that. That's, that's a beautiful thing, man. And I I, I can relate to you. I lost my mom in 07. It it gets to me all the time. My, I called my sister at, um, at halftime this year. I actually FaceTimed her and, um, she pulled the, the phone down and she showed me what jersey she was wearing. And she's wearing, um, she was wearing an acres Jersey. That was actually our moms. And like, I was just so overjoyed at the oh, fact yeah. that the Eagles were competing that like, it didn't really hit me, but I felt like enormous pride for my sister at that moment that, that she held onto it. And that that was what she chose to wear for this. I mean, my mom actually weirdly was a, a huge football fan, but the Eagles weren't her first team. Her, the Eagles were actually her second team. Oh, yeah. uh, her first team was actually the Indianapolis Colts of all thing. It was really huh. weird. At one point in the 90s, she decided she really liked the Colts. I think she saw a game where Jim Harbaugh, of all people, like threw a hound, like they just kept fighting in this game against the Steelers. And yeah. she just fell in love with the Colts for some reason. And Peyton Manning was her favorite player. My mom was buried with a Peyton Manning jersey, which is oh, bizarre. It's bizarre, yeah. but it's what happened. And it's it's one of those things where it was annoying sometimes, but like I couldn't fault her because she loved them so much and she followed them. She went out and watched every game she could. And like she was just such a diehard for the Colts that it was like, you know, how can you how can you hate that? And she saw them she saw Peyton Manning and the Colts win a championship. She saw and before she right. passed and I was so happy she got to see that. And it's, yeah. I, I, I totally relate to everything you're saying, man. And I, I I'm really glad you shared that because yeah. so, you well, know, I, I think a lot of people have experiences like you, but it's your experience. Right. And I, I think that's a beautiful thing. It's, it's obviously tragic, but it's also great to share and it, let the world know what you're going through. And it's just, I mean, I don't know. It, it's so tough to even put in the words. It's, but yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, we, now we have a little bit of a, a platform that people listen to. And I, I, I really, I know I'm not the only one. I just, I, this is the time to share it all. I mean, this is, this just is what it. It was yeah. all about. I, I mean, the first person I thought of was my dad. I mean, yeah. I'm going to see my dad for, for a fucking Eagles parade this week. My dad's going to come <laughs> over to my house in South Philly. Yeah. And we're going to go watch the Eagles parade. And like, that's incredible. Yeah. I never thought this would happen. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I saw him at the Phil's parade. So the Phil's parade in 08 is my only other experience with this. And 
I had a bizarre day. Like, the, so what happened for the Phillies parade is the regional rail was a complete disaster. Everybody, everybody in the city said, take public transportation. And that's what every city official said. So we went to take public transportation. It was all filled up from the very first stop into the city express trains only. So we couldn't do that. We took the L took forever. And these are flip phone days and the, all the towers are completely overloaded. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we get down into center city and I'm trying to yell, go to South Philly. Cause my family lives at broad Oregon. There was no way we we're getting to city hall to see everything. So yeah. I just yelled, go to South Philly. But I got separated from every one of my friends hopped on the broad street line alone stood there at broad Oregon by myself for hours and saw the parade. It was amazing, amazing experience. And then the parade goes through and I look across the street. There's like my whole family there. They were across the street, like the whole time. And I'm like, Holy shit. It, it was phenomenal. Like what an experience. And this time I've got everybody coming to my place. I'm saying, get to my place. This is where we're going. Like now I know what to do. Yeah, exactly. And this is like, uh, yeah. but my, I know my dad's going to be there. My, he was the first person I call. I tried calling my dad from broad street and I couldn't even hear him because it was so loud, but I just was screaming into the phone. Like dad, I love you. They did it. And like, you know, he's the first one I thought of. My dad yeah. is like through the roof about the, you know, over the moon, whatever the hell the experience. Yeah. Was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I did find I did find my audio, by the way, from the end of the game or my video from the end of the game. I'm going to play this real quick because okay. I just think this is like I, I was going to talk about uh, after you do that. I was going to talk about my brother real quick. Do the uh, do the audio. Yeah, let, real quick. We'll do this real quick. So this yeah, is yeah. Uh, me and my friends locked arm in arm in my living room watching the Eagles win the Super Bowl. <laughs> so yeah i just ran around then i that was when i went yeah outside that was me running outside of my front door and just yelling that to the streets of south philadelphia <laughs> i then proceeded to hug and kiss every person man or woman in my my living room I just like I loved everybody, and then yeah. that was that was Broad Street for the night. And uh, man, I look, I know this is a Flyers cast, but this is such a unique experience that I we got to talk about it. This is our platform to talk about it. We got to talk about it. It was an amazing night from there. Like, yeah, I, I, I you talk about you want to talk about your brother? Was it? Yeah, because I well, I was, so you talk I, about your brother, and then I want to exchange Broad Street stories. Sure. I mean, I, I was just going to say, I, uh, my brother used to be really, really into sports and I think he's gotten really back in the hockey over the last couple of years. And I, I, I don't know if he cares that much about football, but when the Eagles are doing pretty well this year, he was texting me about it. And I know he got really, really fucking jacked up about the Super Bowl. And the thing, the thing is, is he lives in Boston now. He lives in Brighton and we were talking about it leading up to the game 
And I was like, dude, everybody, everybody's losing their mind down here. Like I, everywhere you go, it's Eagles. Everything finishes with go birds. Like people are losing everything. Go birds, and, everything. I didn't even know yeah. how to not talk in Eagle <laughs> yeah. today. Like I, 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 do you even still say go birds? Do you say uh, yeah, yeah. birds goad? Like, no, no, no. I, I, what do you say? I'm still <laughs> you, saying go birds, but it feels weird. Yeah. No, you, it's always go. It's going to be go birds for a while now. So, um, but I, I talked to him and he's like, nobody up here is doing anything. He was like, I think I saw two people on the tee wearing like past jerseys. I was, he was like, nobody cares. He was like, they, they think they're just going to roll over them. So, and I, I, you know, in the thick of it last night, I got to the middle of city hall. I was standing on like the right outside city hall. And I turned around and I took video of, uh, just Broad Street, and like there's a group in front of me of people of like 15 guys just singing "We Are the Champions." And then I called, I called my brother during that, and he, I was like, "Could you hear all that?" And he was like, "Yeah, I can." And I could just tell that, like, you know, when somebody's like smiling through the phone, like that, yeah, like, yeah, you that's can, you can hear it in their voice. Yeah. I, I hope just... people can hear it in my voice tonight because yeah. <laughs> I'm a hundred, I'm smiling while I'm doing yeah. this. I'm smiling hearing these stories, and like I, I would love to just like honestly, listeners, like please at us i'm saying at us for once at us with your <laughs> super bowl stories like i'd love to hear oh them. yeah definitely and, i want to hear you know too. even I, I would love if we had i don't know i don't know how do we work this out but i i would even love if we had maybe a way for people to like call in or record something and i i could put them on an episode or something i i don't know yeah I, that's a, a whole pipe dream but please <laughs> please share them like i love hearing everybody's experience because it, you never see a group of people that this many people no. come together like this. And it's, it's just so special. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like, um, I, I just, it, it was just, everybody was just happy. Like I, I know there were like a couple people that I don't even know if anybody was really mad. I don't think if I saw anybody that was just like, there's always a theory that people go out there and just destroy things because they get a chance to be criminals. There's and all maybe that like a small percentage of people that. But go like, out when to do you it. consider how many people, like honestly, how many people do you think at the streets on Sunday night? It was. An, I would say amount. a million easy. I I th- I think it was that much, but I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, use a fly parable here. There we go. Um, but like I. I oh think, boy! Oh boy! I, I think it was that much. Yeah. <laughs> It was a thing where, like, we were on Broad Street and there were just waves of people. It wasn't like you didn't have room. And, like, the, like at 1, 1 o'clock, one thirty, like, it was packed. Like, it was just shoulder to shoulder on the streets. And, like, yeah, people were climbing the light poles, but it was, I don't know. It was it was funny because they would climb it up. They put out their hand. Like, five people would throw beers, cans at them, like, catch and, like, shotgun it. They'd come down, and then the cops were like laughing and arresting them. It's like they, like the cops didn't, like the cops knew there was no malice in it. They're just. I actually walked around. up to a lot of the cops, and I, I like either high fived or shook their hands, and I said, "Hey, thank you for putting up with this." And I mean, from South Broad up to City Hall, everything was awesome, and I, yeah. I thank the cops for just being cool and and keeping us safe yeah and being there like i was just i i was i was in love with everybody yeah i i think i mean i hugged a bunch of people i don't know i definitely high five the shit ton of people there's a lot of just like when there was open space and you walk by somebody like you're just turning and just like like just admiring at people it, right? like just yell like just like the pumped yelling at people oh yeah so like and like 
Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. But like actually stepping back and like looking at everything was just insane because it's it the was... craziest thing you've ever seen. Like, yeah, it's uh, what happened with us. We, the af the the scene I played out a few minutes ago happened. Um, <laughs> my two friends brought a bunch of fireworks to my house the night before <laughs> and they ran out into the streets before I could even turn and started setting them off. Like just like that. And it was like, Whoa. And I was like, wait, I got to do something. I got to do something. <laughs> so I, I, I put on a, I've got an Apple TV and I stream my phone to it and I have like surround sound speakers. So like shit was loud. And I was like, gotta play. We are the champions. Now we got to do it. And we, we did it and we all <laughs> screamed it out. We played it like four times before we hit Broad Street. We just screaming our lungs out. It was the best. And we we then go out to Broad. It's already insane. It's mass pandemonium, <laughs> but everybody's happy. And my one buddy kept saying the entire night, like, I'm going to go up to City Hall tonight. I'm going to walk up to City Hall. And I'm like, I'm right there with you. And... He didn't actually walk up to City Hall. I walked up to City Hall, though. <laughs> Me and a few other people were like, we just went. And yeah. we we went for it, and it was the best decision I could have made. The best decision. Because I saw everything. Um, so I'm going to mention... Everything. Like, everything. everything. But yeah. the two... My two favorite things that I saw on the way up. Uh, the first thing was, I saw this guy... I guess three. So... Number one, did you see how the trash trucks they were trying to use to, like, funnel people? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, one of them, so everybody just got on top of the trash trucks and are just chilling out, which is amazing. <laughs> like, phenomenal. Somebody spray painted, fuck Tom B. I on know. One of them, I, that, that, which also looks well, like, no, fuck Deadspin, Tomb. Yeah. yeah, fuck Tomb on Deadspin. <laughs> but fuck Tom B, that cracked my shit up. That was great. Uh, at one point, and this is, you know, if any any of you guys follow me on Instagram or anything, I ran into a guy in an Eagles jersey and chainmail armor and like a fake sword. Oh yeah, I saw that. Standing there screaming, and I'm like, I don't know what this guy's deal is, <laughs> but I'm getting a picture with this guy. So I just ran up next to him, put my arms in the air. I'm like, yeah, like this guy's nuts, and I love it. I love it. And then. At one point, and this is something I remembered the next day, um, my my beverage of choice on Broad Street was uh, Dr. Pepper with spiced rum. It was right. actually really good. And this guy comes up, this guy's walking next to me. He's like, that's not just Dr. Pepper, is it? I'm like, oh, God, no. <laughs> and um, I was like, you want some? I shared it with this stranger, probably ill-advised, but whatever, I'm fine. And uh, he pulls up his jersey, and he's got a shirt that says, rum ham like from always sunny the rum ham yeah, yeah. it's in run dmc font it says run rum ham so i'm sharing my rum with the rum ham guy like what, what is know? this what is this weird shit like every weird thing that could happen happened and it was awesome yeah no it, it was great i um i'm trying to think of the funniest things i saw uh well like everybody was standing on top of those uh, like the newsstands yeah. Uh, I got video of there's like 20 people on top of one and in, no, no canopy situation, but they're just screaming. <laughs> there's like a big dick Nick champ for like a minute. And I got a Oh my God. That was all up and down broad. Street. Yeah. Like it, it, it's so crude, but I don't care. No. And I kept just, I get, 
that was the number one thing I had to stop myself from doing today when I went back to work. <laughs> this big dick dick. I, I said it, I offended some old lady in South Philly yesterday. Oh, it's it's happening. I, I was just like I was just going around like we walked to the um the Penrose Diner, and on the way I'm just going right. big dick Nick, big dick Nick, big dick Nick. So around the <laughs> office, I uh our code was uh BDN. BDN yeah, of course, yes. BDN, yeah, yes. but um. <laughs> it's, it's happening just, at the parade. Yeah. Like, it's oh no my god. I, well, I, I, we were we were joking about making um, a big dick Nick sign for the parade, <laughs> and my, one of my buddies said, uh, "Does anybody just have like a giant dick costume, and I can write my name is Nick on it?" <laughs> Wait, I'll get, that'll get you arrested, but go for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying. To, oh, there was some. Uh, some girl had like a whole Eagles um, mascot costume on, like a big Eagles head and then like the brown like <laughs> feathers. And like she, they lifted her up to like crowd surf. She went like five people and then just did a straight nosedive directly into the concrete. Oh and no. And everybody, everybody was like, oh. And then she popped up and she's like, again. And then they all lifted her up and they actually did like move her this time. But it was just funny, like the first time. Again. Yeah, just just everybody lost it. Uh, and then also there was like a, so we like pretty much set up next to the, the Capitol Grill, and there was like a construction set up on the other side of the road, like scaffolding. And, yes, yes. And there was like an area where like everybody was just going to like piss, and that like we were walking out, and some guy just walked up. He's like. So, so that's where the bathroom is, and we're like, yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, I guess that's what we're doing back here. So, <laughs> like, I guess, I guess that's the yeah. Um, that just fireworks were insane too. Like it was just hilarious. Just like every minute of like some kind of fireworks were going off. Oh yeah, all and the we, time. And there, there was one that went off between. Um, oh my god, what were the two buildings there? Um, it's it, it was right near City Hall. It was um, somebody shot it off, and when it exploded. It both of them hit uh, the sides of like the two buildings on the other side of I guess it was Chestnut right there. But, like it hit both of them and just like created like this ridiculous like optical illusion. I guess I don't know. Like it, everything was just nuts, and I was just I'm happy I was I was down there for it. Like I'm happy I was actually in Philly when this all went down. Yeah, so. me too. I, I I was trying to get everybody I knew to to come to my house. Like I didn't even yeah. care that it was overcrowded and you know, if my girlfriend leaves me after this, nobody will blame her. But <laughs> you know, I, I I'm getting everybody over cuz I want people to experience this with me because being in Philadelphia for this, being on Broad Street for this is such a special experience that I just, you know, I, who knows when you'll get to experience this again, but the, I, the camaraderie you feel with your fellow man and the, the just overall glow, the yeah. aura of everything is just, it's intoxicating. It's wonderful. I yeah. can't imagine being anywhere else for a championship. Now I was in the Northeast for 2008. There were a few people beeping horns and I didn't go to Frankfurt and Cotman because Frankfurt and Cotman, eh, I'm good. Broad street is where yeah. it's at. Broad street is, everything it's everything yeah no i mean i i don't know if we're ever going to see anything like that again i i think because it was it's the eagles i think that's far more important than any of the other three teams even you know 
obviously more than the Flyers. The, the Phillies are, are the closest you'll and, see. Because yeah, the Phillies, I, everybody went nuts. And a lot of that was also that we hadn't had a championship since 1983. Seasons. Yeah, like the 25 seasons things without a championship. Like they just talked about how each team hadn't won in 25 years. And then Which they at that time the, was my life. I, I Yeah. You know, for me, the big thing was I felt cursed. I felt personally cursed. I felt like my generation had displeased the sports gods or something because everybody I went to high school with that I was friends with, we were born in 84 yeah. or late 83. We had not ever seen a championship even when we were little babies. You know, it huh. it well, just wasn't a thing. Hey, I mean, I grew up in Maryland and I picked, I was going to be a Flyers fan no matter what. And I picked the the Eagles and the or, or, Orioles early on, rather than the uh, the Ravens and Phillies. So, if you want to talk about feeling cursed, <laughs> I, uh, I I feel it with that because, man, I for me like growing up in Maryland and being you know I Eagles fan because of my dad, and then just going to high school like when I was in high school it was during middle school and high school were those Donovan McNabb, Brian Dawkins like NFC Championship teams, and the thing about those years were the Ravens sucked but they had won in 2000 so each time the eagles lost i had to hear shit about it for months because they didn't win the super bowl and it was always well they didn't win a super bowl this year then we've seen the ravens win i had to hear that my entire life and i the year they were playing the patriots in the super bowl i wore a to jersey to school it got ripped up i i always had to hear shit from ravens fans and i even heard shit about ravens fans during the chip kelly years because the the Eagles were bad then, and they had just won with Joe Flacco against the 49ers. And elite, it's just, yeah, elite, yeah. And it's just like now, like now, when they talk about it, when people are talking about like the Clement touchdown and the they want to argue about the Earth's touchdown and how and there's how... more penalties and all this, it just it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. The Eagles are the most recent champion, like, it's. I don't even in any sport right now, the most recent in any yeah. sport, it's and great. Like, they're getting better next year. Is the scary part? Like, it, Let's... there's we got to talk about the Philly special now. We got to talk about the oh, Philly yeah, special. Yeah. We should absolutely talk about the Philly. Special. Okay, did you so see? Wait, wait. Flat out do, is before we do it. Did you see the new? Did you see the uh, like NFL films thing for it? No, I want to. It was on. It's on Showtime now. I have HBO. Yeah. Well, do you know why? Do you know like the new addition to the story? Apparently, Foles made the call, right? Foles made the call, yeah. Which is just on, on the, insane. On the play that they stole from the Bears, who stole it from Clemson, is what I read earlier. Oh, yeah, the Alshon Jeffrey route. Yeah, I believe it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, because uh, the Athletic did an oral history of uh, the Philly special. Right. So it, it's really good. Highly recommend. I think Rich Hoffman put that together. But it's the Philly special one could argue right now is the single greatest play a Philadelphia team has pulled off in a championship uh, series or oh, game easily, if not absolutely. one of the best plays in NFL history. I I, I think it's got to go up there as one of the best plays in NFL history. I mean, it's up there now with, I mean, Craig, if you were, if you were just a neutral observer to this game, isn't this one of the most entertaining, well-played Super Bowls you've ever seen? Well, entertaining, yes. Well-played. Uh, offensively, yes. 
I don't know what happens to the defenses besides the Brandon Graham play, but I mean, like, I mean, I think the the defenses. I, I think both offenses just completely game planned in the most efficient way. I I think both quarterbacks were just on fire. I mean, Nick yeah. Foles had maybe one bad throw all day, if that. And yeah, and you know, the interception. I I think that's the thing too. Is like, that wasn't and, on him. No, and Alshon had he had it for like a quarter of a second inside the 10. So like that would have been another point where they've been driving for that would have been another drive they were driving for points. So it's like the Patriots really he just shredded the Patriots defense is what it came down to. The Philly special I I, I don't even know. Like it's the Philly special, the of course, if, you know, you don't know the title by now, which, you know, it's crazy if no, you don't. Everybody knows. But the Philly special is that Nick Foles fourth and goal play. I I mean, what, what, what were you thinking when that was unfolding? When I saw Nick move to the side of the line, I knew some like it was a it was a gadget play. I thought it was just going to be a wildcat. And when I saw him pitch it back to Trey Burton, I was like, holy shit, this is going to Foles. <laughs> and, and sure enough, it went to Foles and he was wide open. And I think the best part is that I think part of it was trolling because the Patriots did run the same exact play. I think the, I think the Eagles were going to use it no matter what, that play. I think the best part is, is that the Patriots so happened to use it earlier in the game too, and Tom Brady dropped it. And it was like, it, and it was a drop. It wasn't. Oh yeah, no, it was. It was a pretty decent throw. Yeah, it hit him right in the hands. So one of those hands was injured, so maybe that play should have never been called. Yeah, or maybe Tom Brady can realize it's the Super Bowl and he kind of nuts up. I don't know. That's (laughs) or or maybe or maybe it's on the coach that that made a (laughs) dumb call at the time and also decided not to play their best cornerback. I don't know. Maybe Tom Brady takes five minutes away from kissing his son on the mouth and he ices up his hand for a little bit more time and he makes that catch. I don't know. It's your, maybe it's your, uh, <laughs> maybe they lost the game and uh, they all suck. I think that's what it comes down to is that last one. But They all suck. What, uh, no, I, I've never – the thing is, we were saying earlier, this is the equivalent of beating Crosby. This is the equivalent of beating LeBron. Like, Here's the thing. I don't think it – I don't uh, – it's, it's bigger than – Crosby and LeBron. Well, of course it is, but I'm saying, you know, I'm trying to put it in perspective in the fact that this is like, these are the biggest villains. Right. And, but I think uh, Brady and the Patriots is going to be, they're going to go down as the biggest. They're the biggest villains in sport. Ever. Ever. Like, like ever. I I shouldn't say ever since leagues actually became sports leagues. And there was more than like five teams in the league. So like, I, I'm not counting like. Sure the fucking 50s or 60s Toronto Maple Leafs or like the Celtics that won 10 in a row with Bill Russell or whatever. Like those, those are all fine and dandy, but like, you know, the internet and TV has been invented since then. So I don't really count those as like dynasties that we're going to really filter everything by. Like, it's one thing to be a dynasty though. And it's one thing to be villains, flat yeah. out. Villains. Oh yes. Yeah. There was, yeah, there's so many layers to why beating the Patriots in particular is so great. And it's just, I think that's part of the reason why I enjoy all the pitching now. It's because they are the the princes of the 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 princes of the pick play. Like their entire offense is just based off of scrawny ass white dudes who aren't good enough to cut on other teams running into defensive backs and they get wide open plays five yards down the field and they just walk down the field. And everybody knows they're doing it. The refs know they're doing it. Every single borderline call, like the Gilmore getting tangled up with Jeffrey in the end zone. 
the middle linebacker pushing up man on the two-point conversion that falls incomplete. Every single borderline call goes to the Patriots. They, it's not so much that there are blat- it's blatant cheating. It's just when you know there's a borderline call, you know it's going to the Patriots. And to just hear them bitch and moan about Clement, who most likely scored a touchdown, I, I don't even care to argue. The game is over. It's probably a touchdown. Just to hear a lot of people pitching and moaning about that is just chef kissing fingers. And it, 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 it's, <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. And I'm just, I'm going to bring it up forever. Like, it's just the thing that I'm, it's the new 18 and one for me. I'm just going to throw it in there, just pepper it in conversations because it, it helped the Eagles win a Super Bowl. And like the Earth's touchdown was fucking bullshit. Like, I don't know how they spent that much time actually looking at it and if they had overturned it it's the point when I, I think like everybody's Patriots fatigue would have pushed over the limit and I think I, I don't even know what would have happened with NFL fans across the country but like just the fact that Ertz made took three steps turned upfield got hit while he was going into the end zone which would have been initiated contact to like put him down and then the ball popped up when it wasn't really, I mean, it looked pretty clear that it bounced, like hit the ground when he was going down, but it wasn't a hundred percent. Like if all of that went against the Eagles, I really think the, the league would have gotten some backlash there. But oh, for, sure. for sure, yeah, but, but um, it didn't. No, it didn't. And I think you know when you're talking about this team earlier and like the confidence and like I remember 2010 when the Flyers beat the Bruins in Game Four. I had I a, was there for that one. Oh, were you really? Yeah, one of yeah. my buddies, uh, my my buddy John was there. Oh my god, um, I was not was, excited about it. I yeah, he was there too, and he was like, "Oh, about to see a sweep, great." <laughs> and, was... uh, we had we had Lexus Club tickets, which comes with unlimited shitty beer, and I drank a lot of beers, and then it ended up being an incredible <laughs> game. And I'm like, "Holy crap!" I and... remember the things I remember from Game Four was that was my last Friday at college that year. My friends and I were watching. We were all getting ready to go out. When Recky scored with like 28 seconds left or whatever, 20 seconds I wanted to die. So they tied it up. We were like, all right, we're going to go to this fucking party. We're like, we're just going to get hammered. We're going to forget about it. We were listening to it on the radio on the way there. <laughs> and Ganya scores. And Ganya scores! Yeah. And my buddy Steve was like, God damn it. They're going to draw us back in. And they're going to make this like a close series. And they're going to make it real painful. And they didn't. They ended up winning it all that series. That series, at least. Uh, and I, I mean, that was. It's funny that the two things I've enjoyed most of my my sports fandom uh, have come against New England teams. Which I I think that <laughs> for me personally, that's got to be up there. I mean, unfortunately, Baltimore doesn't have a hockey team. But like, if the Eagles had beaten the Ravens in the Super Bowl, and then like the Flyers beat whoever in the Eastern Conference Capitals. Finals. That would probably be... Capitals. Cap- no, actually, yeah, you're right. Like You yeah, I, you have always Lupo, hated Jeffrey the Capitals almost yeah. as much as the Penguins. The Joffrey Lupo overtime goal for me was a big thing. Like, because nobody, fucking no... My one friend who actually I believe listens to the podcast uh, pretty, pretty frequently now, Mike, Mike Flomo, was the only guy I ever talked to about hockey before we were seniors in high school. Like he was him and I were hockey fans since day one. And he played hockey his entire life and played in high school and everything. I did not hear anybody else talk about hockey until my senior year, which is 0708. And they had a the Caps fans had a Vetchkin for a couple of years there. 
And that was the year that they had finally started pushing towards the playoffs. So then everybody started talking shit to Bay at senior year. And to hear all the shit because the Caps are amazing and all this shit and blah, blah, blah. And then Lupul scores the overtime winner. The next day I wear my Flyers hoodie in. Nobody says shit. Nobody says a thing to me. And I just, <laughs> that was, up until that time, that was my favorite, that was my favorite sports thing. But now, it's, I mean, obviously it's the Eagles Super Bowl. And I, I think before that, it was the 2010 Flyers against the Bruins. Because that's the thing that's more infrequent than the winning titles is overcoming that that deficit and just the right, way that adversity that, and the way yeah. they rallied is just and, it was admirable it, it was it was such a great inspirational thing that they did and it really obviously you've got the the boston red sox who beat the yankees back right, in the early 2000s right, right. but um I mean, in hockey, that was the first time, or one, not one of the first, well, no, it, it's very rare. It's very rare in a seven-game series it's, for a team to come back from 3-0. It's happened five times, ever. In any sport. It just made you reconsider being down 3-0 in every series since. Yeah. Because those Flyers did it against those Bruins, and that was such a just miracle-run team. And because yeah. of that team, it's made me think, you just got to get in and see what happens. And I, I think the Eagles are a great example of that this year. I yeah. mean, they got in and nobody, nobody thought they were going to, I barely thought they would do this. Like I was just like, oh, you know, Nick Foles yeah. gets in some decent weather and defense is pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if and, Nick Foles gets some decent weather is my favorite. <laughs> I, I don't know why, the- but I completely convinced myself that Nick Foles I, quarterbacking skills was completely dependent on weather completely dependent that was my I, my theory that i was clinging to yeah i so i mean when nick Foles became the starter i thought if the defense stepped up their game and they didn't turn the ball over maybe they had a shot if you if you honestly thought that nick Foles was going to play lights out for these last two games and that he was going to outgun in tom brady's best game as an nfl player congrats and tell me when the flyers are going in the cup and i'll just i'll save myself some time because like that <laughs> like that was the those last two games were the most ridiculous games like two of the most ridiculous games in nfl history like nick Foles, i have nothing against him i love him i thought you know i thought he got lucky in 2013 a lot when packers dbs were falling over themselves and like there were like six or seven dropped interceptions and he won 27 and two i I didn't hate him. Like, I just thought he wasn't as good as he was getting hyped that up as. And when he came back, it was kind of a joke earlier this year. And then now, I mean. Oh, it was a complete joke. Yeah, the dude's not going to. I mean, he's. Oh, not, boy, Nick Foles is back. I remember specifically before the season started, somebody. I walked into a like a freaking Miller Ale house. Or this might have actually been. Oh, no. I remember when this was. This was about a year ago. I walked into a Miller Ale house and the hostess was wearing a Foles jersey and I chuckled to myself. I'm like, okay, Foles jersey. Keep that in your closet. I remember because I watched some of the all-star game there, the NHL all-star game. And that was the one where Wayne Simmons won MVP. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I, I remember this and I remember chuckling about the Foles jersey. And a year later, my God, holding on to your Foles yeah. jersey was the, the best thing you could have done. Yeah. I mean, it turns out, it's crazy, you know. I was thinking about last year's Super Bowl too, and just not having, not really having a dog in the fight, and just being so fucking pissed that 
Patriots fans, like, they did not need a new high to hit in their fandom. And they saw maybe the best comeback in all football history. I know the Bills and Oilers come back. But, like, the Super Bowl and how much time was left and what they overcame. They got they were getting smoked. And the, and the Julian Edelman catch, the cancel out the helmet catch. Like, they had gotten so many things that they didn't deserve. Like, they, they had experienced enough as fans, and they have enough, like, great memories to live out the rest of their life. And they just got, like, that poured on top. It was just one of those feelings where you were like, the fuck's that going to happen? Like, when are we going to see that? Because it, it, it's just awesome that Philly is really talked about as a sports town, and it's definitely football first. And to actually see, like, visible representation of that last night was just... I'm just happy it, it all came down to that. So, Why I, can't us? <laughs> that was the 08 Phillies, you know, uh, rallying cry, at least for the <laughs> fan base, because of uh, some guy misspeaking on serious radio. But well, why can't us has always resonated with me. It's terrible, terrible grammar, but I, it is, it, it's so Philly, it's not even funny. I except think it is. <laughs> uh, we all we got, we all we need is definitely going to be a thing I'm never going to I love that so much i used to, i got to use it at work today <laughs> yeah i it's i'm getting that shirt whenever i gotta find like i i only have one shirt so far i went to model today and i got it i it's my lunch break tomorrow yeah so like i but i'm gonna find that one and then i gotta find one with like every guy's name on the roster and like oh yeah you always gotta get going. one of those but like oh wait i say always i had one opportunity to do that <laughs> and i have the 97 flyers caricature shirt from the stanley cup final oh my god i think i have that too actually I had oh that some... shirt is amazing yeah i had a, like a gray one uh what was it of like there were like two frames of like one was uh, lindros and i think the other one was like uh, i think it was leclerc but it was like a gray shirt I, I, i'll have to find it i'm not sure where it is but but like the, okay so this team though like I, I just keep thinking of like the key like howie roseman was the most hated man on this team after chip kelly left um, Doug Easily. Peterson, Doug Peterson, I, I felt like nobody had any hope for him. Like no. Hagen does. <laughs> um, I bought Hagen does for Doug, by the way, for, before the Super Bowl, like, yeah. we went out and I bought like, I tried to buy as much Eagles related stuff for my Super Bowl party as I could. Cause I, you know, want to have a good Super Bowl party. Like M made a, a nice Eagle sign in the old eighties font. Uh, I got the Hagen does. I got the green federal donuts the eagle is what they called it um, <laughs> what else did i get i got i got the nick Foles coffee that reanimator made folsters i got it all <laughs> oh jesus christ <laughs> folsters was very oh, good by the yeah way. the last one yeah um <laughs> it was very good it's good coffee <laughs> reanimator's very good um uh oh okay uh, Brent, Brent I, 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 I completely broke your train of thought. <laughs> yeah, I was when, too busy talking about ice cream, but that's how Brent, Doug Peterson does it. Brandon uh, Graham. Brandon Graham was somebody Earl else. Earl Thomas. Exactly. I was going to say, if he had not made that play and the Eagles had lost the Super Bowl, that, that poor guy, every single time he would say Brandon Graham and Philly, they would have said how they should have picked Earl Thomas. And now that's, that argument is dead as the tracks. Nobody's ever going to say that again, like ever. And nope. I, I think of like just Barnett coming up with a big play and being the first round pick. Guys like Fletcher Cox, who like everybody said was just going to mail it in after he got his contract. Chase and Kelsey should have been 
cut or traded last year. Oh yeah, everybody was screaming uh, for yeah. it. Yeah, tie. I think of the fucking. I think of the game last year against the Redskins, and I forget the Redskins linebacker now that fed him his lunch the entire time. But quietly had an amazing season filling in for Jason Peters. Going back to to Kelsey for a second, just he oh, had my, his post game stuff. His post game was amazing. The thing like, about he it is, was so passionate yeah. and. Awesome. If you have not heard Jason Kelsey's post-game interview, go listen to it. The, <laughs> the guy flat-out quote. quotes Rocky Balboa. Yeah. It's a quote from Philadelphia, Rocky Balboa himself. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to figure out that Calvin Coolidge quote, too, because, like, yeah. But, I mean, he... Stay cool with Coolidge? What's that? Stay cool with Coolidge. That's the one. Oh yeah, so, and that motivated him for all these years. That was actually <laughs> Doug Peterson had that in the locker room. He had it tattooed on everybody's <laughs> arms. <laughs> Stay cool with Coolidge. That's uh, a hack plans on doing the same thing with the Flyers next week. Uh, yeah. So okay. So I guess this is where I was thinking we could move this towards the Flyers. Do you think Hackstall? is capable of winning a cup with the Flyers. Um, no, just probably not. <laughs> probably not. Not yeah. considering how we currently feel about him and his, his, the big thing with Doug Peterson, I think what made Doug Peterson so effective this year was his willingness to try new things, take risks and innovate. Yeah. And as we've discussed in the last few weeks about Dave Hackstall, his fall falling back into conservative patterns and playing the wrong players, not trusting his youth. These are hacks main faults. And this is the opposite of what Doug Peterson's done this year. Uh, Doug has taken things in a new direction and I think he's going to change the NFL. He's going to change a lot of coaching based on his success. Hack has been his coaching methods have been inspirational to no one. He is not innovated yeah. like we hoped he would. And, you know, Peterson's the kind of guy his players have rallied around him and they are willing to put it all on the line for Doug Peterson. Yeah. I, the flyers aren't revolting on hack like they flat out did with Baruby. So he's, he inspires more loyalty, but only slightly more. It's not, nearly what Peterson gets out of the Eagles. He's not, his players are playing hard, but they're not like, I don't know. It's, it's not the same. I, they're not the same. They're not going to run through a brick wall for right. Hackstall. My, but Doug Peterson, I feel like any of these guys would do that. I feel like any of these guys are just so loyal to Doug and they think he's just the best. Yeah. I, I think the big thing for me is aggressiveness. Like I think all the stuff on fourth downs, like the going for it, on fourth and one inside your own 40, 45 for like who five does that? It's just a gigantic call. And gigantic, like uh, fourth and goal. I mean, can you even fathom Andy Reid even considering that decision for a second? I can't. No, no I mean, I really can't. And like, there are things that I think people are going to use like that argument of aggressiveness. People are going to pin that on Hackstall and it's just like a hockey culture thing. Like tonight when, about midway through the third period, it was tied, and it looked like both teams were trying to coast overtime. I think that's just the way. Or like if they're trying to like sit back and hold on to a a one goal lead, a lot of that stuff is just 
that's just what hockey coaches do. But at the same time, there are still guys attacking in that situation. But it's a lot of stuff where, like, being innovative is just not really the Hacksaw's thing. Like, his most innovative thing he's done in the last couple of years, I, I honestly think, was probably the goalie pool against Tampa Bay. And that wasn't wasn't so much innovative. It was just kind of more of a... Pure desperation. Yeah, you got nothing to lose. You may as well do this. So I, I think... I, I, when it comes to if we're going to see Hackstall be the coach of the Flyers when it, like when the Flyers win next, I don't think it's going to be Hackstall. I do, I still do believe when it's all said and done, I think Hackstall may be the guy when it went to the GM. I still think Hackstall, ultimately, when it comes down to it, I think he's going to serve as the, um, Oh my God, I forget the Phillies GMs, but he's gonna be the he's gonna be the Dale Town before the Stan Bowman. Like he's gonna be the guy that lays a ton of the groundwork. You, you think he's gonna be the Sam Hinkie for the Brian Colangelo? Yeah, like I think he's gonna be a guy. That, I really hope that's not the case. I, don't I think really so. yeah. that's gonna be devastating to me because uh, as I said on the the flagship podcast or not flagship, but the the the, the BSH radio podcast you know on bsh radio my appearance last week as i said i trust the dang process i trust the process i think ron hextall's got a plan and i'm willing to follow it i think he lies through his teeth half the time when he's reassuring us about players i never trust a gm for the record do not trust a gm no 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 no. it's not see but see that's you know me that's not any of the stuff i'm saying i'm saying that i think it's going to take him a while to Oh, I, I, know, think, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I'm just talking about gonna, it, has, it's tough sometimes for people to quite stick with Hexy because he says stuff that he might not 100% mean, but because right. he has to say them. Because you're never going to come out and trash your own player who right. you're hoping to trade for value. No way. Yeah, yeah. and I, there's a thing where it's, I mean, football and hockey are completely different in terms of drafting and developing. Because like I said, They're also very different in terms of quality of free agency. Hockey nowadays, especially with the salary cap, guys are getting locked down longer and longer. There's nobody out there. There's no Alshon Jeffrey waiting for you. Well, and also just like every – I had to go back and look, but the amount of buttons that Howie Roseman actually nailed, like actually pushed the right buttons this offseason is kind of absurd. Like every single player. Yeah, like it – Like Garrett Blunt and Chris Long. Both We're, Patriots last year that he signed and they won against the Patriots. Like, what they, are the odds of that? Yeah, they were both phenomenal. Um, and they, I mean, pick him Derek Barnett and he came up in a big spot. And just signing Nick Foles again it was a big decision. And it was a big decision also because didn't they lose some salary cap room when they dumped Chase Daniel? Yes. Yeah. So, so. I mean, a big decisions all over the place and cat maneuvering like crazy. And how he did an amazing job that is, I don't know if I've ever seen a turnaround like this on a football team. It's, it's frankly phenomenal. And they went out and they got Carson Wentz, the weapons that he needed, which is uh, what I always thought was the biggest fault of the Donovan McNabb era is that they were too conservative in getting proper weapons for the quarterback getting uh receivers that could actually catch the damn ball <laughs> yeah um but so it's uh I, th- I think it is a little bit easier to kind of like run a gun and rebuild in the nfl i mean it's not 
the easiest. Well, again, thing. look at the quality of free agents out there. Yeah, the, but also the people. Although I thought the one of the really interesting things that I read about Howie Roseman in the past week is that he targeted. I think this was on five thirty eight, the Nate Silver blog, that uh, Howie targeted a ton of early draft picks that kind of like bounced out of a team or something like that for whatever reason, like guys who had the talent to get picked early in the draft, but for some reason washed out with their pre- previous team. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's true. And I, I, that's, that's one thing that could be, you know, it's always intriguing elsewhere. I mean, hockey is such a, a culture sport that it's tough to translate. I mean, yeah. And you, they, you have seen GMs take chances on guys with talent for that. You look at a uh, Nikolai Zhurdev as an example, an yeah. immensely talented player who completely flamed out due to character issues. But um, I think with the right guys, it's sometimes worth the risk. Yeah, I, I think uh, I was going to say um, the thing about Derek Barnett was he was drafted, so he he came up with the big recovery to pretty much. I guess the sense Seal the deal. Yeah. Um, taking 14th in the, the last draft, 14th overall. Uh, the reason why I'm, I'm saying the football thing is kind of easier to do the rebuild is because, Steve, do you even know who won 14th in the 2017 NHL draft? Nope. Okay. So it was Callan Foote, who I think went to the Lightning. That's a name. Yeah. And he, it, I think it's Adam's kid. I, I believe it's Adam's kid. So, like, he's, but like, he's, When's he going to be up in the NHL? Like two years from now? Right, right. So when is he like if, impact players yeah, versus guys I, I who are going to? I think that's like actually like that's football and basketball. You have immediate impact draft picks, whereas uh, yeah. baseball and hockey, it's all about that minor league development. Yeah, which is like even more the reason why the whole the the process with the Sixers made sense because once once you get down to the bottom of the barrel and you're picking first or second overall for a bunch of years in a row, you're getting immediate impact. Like there's not. There's no Nolan Patrick's going first or second or third overall in the NBA draft. There's no question marks to him because of injury history. It's it's kind of like oh, there is great. What, what great about guys. Joel Embiid? Yeah, well, what about Joel Embiid? Doing pretty number good, three though. pick. Yeah, but it took him two years to get ready. Yeah, I mean, he was a huge injury question. Yeah, he was a huge. He should have gone number and, one overall. And Ben Simmons, and yeah, he fell right. to the Sixers. Yeah, so, right, no, right, they're. Right. Well, you know what? I mean, you didn't mean to draw a comparison to Nolan Patrick, but you accidentally did. Yeah, that is. I know. I think it's actually great that you did because I I think think it's really interesting. Yeah, I think Embiid's ultimately going to be better than Patrick in the NBA. Well, Embiid is such an impact player. I mean, and also the NBA. The thing is, what Hinky ultimately realized is that you need to get those impact players and the only way to get them is very early in the draft. And you, you have to take a few swings at that. But the thing yeah. is the, the impact player in the NBA is very different from the impact player in the NHL. I guess uh, the Penguins yeah. haven't won multiple championships just because they have Sidney Crosby. They want Sidney. They it's because they have Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, and for a while flurry, they yeah. got guys in the draft. They got multiple guys in the draft that yeah. it took to get to that point. And, I think the NHL, it's much more of a longer process and you need to build much more of a team. It's, it's kind of a weird hybrid of the basketball approach, the baseball approach, like the football, it's, it's its own unique experience and its own monster. So I, I I just want to 
Sorry, I'm bulldozing you. No, here, no, but, no, 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 no. Um, I, I want to go back and. I think yeah, Ron Hextall be... has. Yeah, I got a point. I'm bulldozing you still. Um, he, the thing is, Hextall's process. Okay, I'm going to Hextall's process real quick. Hextall's process is largely involving defensemen and this defensive core that he's building for the Flyers. It's one of the toughest positions in hockey to have an effective core of, to have six effective guys. Right now, we have, what, three, four effective guys, if that? Right, yeah. Yeah, really three. So it's like, it's a whole, it's a long process. Uh, The thing with Hextall, you want to see him go out for a few more weapons, but... This process is going to take longer than the Sixers process because the Sixers hit on Embiid and he's such an amazing impact player that the Sixers without Embiid are not nearly the team they are with Embiid. Yeah. And in hockey, I mean, you've got Claude Giroux and Jake Voracek who are superstars right now. Uh, or, you know, I might be using that term loosely, but I don't care. Shane Gostaspair, Ivan Provorov. You've got all these talented guys, Sean Couturier, but... That's still not enough because you need that much more of a team. Whereas you have Simmons and Embiid for the Sixers, you're halfway there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's really what it is. It's just there's less. Yeah, I, I have to go back. Less players, up. less pieces. I, yeah, I, I have to go back and clean up that uh, the whole injury around. I think, I think the NBA is just it's more visible. You see who the guys are that are going to be. Like when you know you're getting a first or second overall pick in the NBA. That guy's immediately oh. going to jump to the NBA and probably have an equal impact. Like it's yeah, not, no, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I, I got you were saying that. It's yeah, just, yeah. I actually thought it was an interesting point. I wasn't trying to. No, you know, no, I know. I had to go say, back shut up, Craig. You're no, wrong. No, You're wrong. Just uh, clear that up, just you know, just in case. This, I don't this wanna... is not. This is not a midday ESPN show. <laughs> we're not yelling at each other. <laughs> yeah, not yet. We'll get there. Uh, when just give it becomes. Yeah, when this truly becomes Sea Dog and the Jacket, we'll, uh, or Jacket and the Sea Dog. You, I think Jacket and the Sea Dog sounds better. But I'm Whatever always. Whatever you uh, say, I always take my name first. You know. I was gonna know. say. I was gonna say. I'm always thinking of myself first. That's why I like Sea Dog and the Jacket. So uh, we do have to dub in the sound eventually, though. The the zipper sound and the uh, just the howling. So. Ho ho ho. <laughs> um, okay, but I. So I think that's why. I just think Hexel, it's going to take a time for these guys to kind of hit their stride. And I think, I mean, it sounds like people are already getting fed up with Hexel right now. And I know, I think it's going to be a thing where the next GM comes in, he's going to pull a couple of strings. He's going to pull off the Kessel trade. He's going to pull off the Hosa signing. He's going to pull off the, the Jeff Carter, Mike Richards trades. And he's going to get all the glory after, you know, Travis Sanheim and Ivan Provroff and Travis Konechny and, Carter Hart all kind Morgan of leave Frost. the team. Yeah, all leave, yeah, Morgan Frost all leave the team with him. And I, I you know, Hextall I think will get looked back upon as being the guy who built a lot of that groundwork, but I think the next GM is gonna, you know, probably get a lot of that credit for it. So Yeah, you know, Paul Holmgren in his second stint is uh, gonna get a lot of glory, but <laughs> I so I the other question I was gonna ask was uh you, you know that we hate the cliches and sports and everything, but this, the, this Eagles team was very much, um, there's a lot of, a lot of teamwork and camaraderie on this team. Like this was one of the closest knit teams I think I've seen in professional sports in a while. And it was just, they really did overcome a lot of shit. 
and it really was truly just a next man up thing, and everybody was kind of loose, and the pressure never got to them. Well, one of the biggest things I saw is the guys who did get hurt didn't shy away from the team. They weren't exiled right. from the team, and they actively helped the team. I mean, it's always no disgusted ego. me. No egos. Right, but it's always disgusted me that certain guys get injured on sports teams. They're actively shooed away from the team, kept away from the team. I think that's ridiculous, and I think that's just such a terrible move. I, it's... Yeah. And the Eagles did the opposite of that. Carson Wentz stayed on and helped Nick Foles. He helped put plays in the in the playbook and just it, it, that's great. Jason Peters was a mentor to Big V. Like that kind of stuff is amazing, and that's what should happen. These guys yeah. stayed around, and the team was all the better for it. They won't. I don't know if they win a Super Bowl if. Jason Peters doesn't stay around to mentor Big V no. or if Carson Wentz doesn't help with the playbook and doesn't help Nick Foles make adjustments. No, that's what, that's what I mean. It's like, I, I just don't, I, it, it felt like a unique amount of just uh, team togetherness. And it turned out to be more than, you know, just a feeling because it actually ultimately panned out. But I mean, do you, I, I think for hockey that can be said, to an extent, but I think there's a lot more. I don't know. Like I'm trying to think. Well, of team so that the thing about hockey, team. the the thing about hockey is, I don't know. You almost it almost goes too far into team where a lot of guys aren't allowed to keep their own individual personalities and remain a close knit team. It's it's really weird. And I think that's why some people have a, a trouble or have a problem connecting with hockey sometimes. Yeah. Um, these Eagles, what I found really impressive is that they were so close knit as a team, but they also all kept their individual personalities and that yeah. made them so much more likable. I mean, uh, Chris Long was just an overall great guy, donated his, his salary to schools and, yeah. you know, phenomenal all year. Uh, I mean, Carson Wentz is just Carson Wentz. He's Michael just Jenkins. imminently likable. Malcolm Jenkins might be my favorite guy on yeah. the team. He's outspoken. He speaks his mind. He's a, a great activist and he's also a great football player and a great human. Yeah. It's uh, when you look at guys like uh, when you look at the running backs too, none of them are really, it didn't seem like there was any, like uh, there was no disagreements about who should be getting the ball. It just seemed like they're right. pretty I mean, pumped whenever everybody did anything. Ajayi positive. got completely blacklisted out of Miami. He yeah, was he, only traded for a fourth round pick and they, they made yeah. it sound like he was a selfish brat. And there was mo one game where it almost seemed like, Oh, oh there might be something to it, but Nothing. you know, that's yeah. ultimately he didn't care. He wanted, he wanted Lombardi trophy. And then he threw some shade at his old coach on Instagram. But <laughs> did you I see did? that? I did not see that. Go ahead. You gotta... Oh, well, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. Up, tell you the but... Jeff, yeah. The Jeff Fisher one. Did you hear the, did you hear uh, Lori's uh, shade at Jeff Fisher? I did not. Her, I missed that one. Uh, he was talking about Nick Foles and how I, I think the exact quote was he went out to Los Angeles and who could win in that environment. And then he came back and it was just like a dunk on Jeff Fisher because he had a horrendous team and never goes better than like seven and nine. So good old Jeff Fisher. Uh, did you <laughs> see that uh, on Twitter trending uh, after the Super Bowl? The two names trending were. Uh, Jeff Fisher and Andy Reid. No, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, so 
man. I it's weird. Should have been Chip Kelly. Yeah, Chip Kelly was the one that probably deserves more of the wrath. The there. the the Jay one, by the way, is so he posted a picture of himself kissing the Lombardi Trophy, and it says they may have tried to discredit you, discount you, throw dirt on your name. None of it matters now. Legacies last forever. Funny how they were gassed over journalistic. Look at me now. Only God and gassed is spelled capital G, capital A, capital S, lowercase S, capital E lowercase d oh so baby he called <laughs> out adam shade, he yeah. called out gase in the in the instagram post oh, awesome. caps i will oh, say the, sh- the shade is real one of my favorite minor things about that super bowl too was um when he had that monster run near the end of the the first half and then he like rolled on the ground and got up and just flung the football like 20 yards down the field i forget what what run it was but it was definitely like a like a rumbling bumbling like 20 yard gain and then he like eventually fell down after like contact and then just popped back up and just like did like a sidearm throw. And just oh, that was great. The ball off the screen. Yeah. And Craig, yeah. you know what? The the last flyers team that I have an answer. People, so I'm really no, I have an answer. 2012. Yep. 2011, 2012. I don't know. So I think it was a yeah, I think Danny a lot of B. I'm just going to name off all the guys that I think we got first. Yager, Danny Briere, Scott Hartnell, Claude Giroux, Jake Voracek, Wayne Simmons. Uh, was Brzezgalov on that one? Yeah. yeah I mean, Brzezgalov sucked in net, but, I mean, people liked his personality. Pronger? Prong, well, was Pronger still part of that team? At that, that, was, Not really. that was the end of his, like, team. I think he was hurt that was, for that playoff series. So Yeah, he was hurt for the playoff series, yeah. Uh, Kimo Timonen, you know, like, guys like that, that team, people found endearing. I mean, that yeah. was the Hartnell down year. The what? Hartnell down. That was the year of yeah. Hartnell. Yeah, I, I think a, I was going to say I think a lot of the uh, outside the rink stuff played a factor because it was yeah it was the Hartnell down. It was Briscoff uh, as a character, but and a lot of stuff just came to light because of twenty four seven. I think helped a lot. For sure. Yeah, but I mean, I think that was definitely the last team. Uh, I felt like that with. I mean, I didn't even feel like that with the 2009-2010 team. I, I just I, right. I, that was just a that was a good team. Yeah. That, play finally played up to their ability or played above i don't know i thought they played i thought going into that season they were supposed to be somewhat cup contenders like i thought the big three teams that people were talking about were the flyers the caps and then um the blackhawks uh because that was they had added pronger that offseason right and Um, and giroux was supposed to be coming up and jvr was supposed to be up and ultimately goaltending ended up as one of their big issues because didn't uh yeah was that the year something happened to razor ray uh that was the begin. i think that was the beginning of his hip stuff was it not like i think, I think so had, i think so because uh, i remember him having a really bad game against the caps on like january and then and that's why they had up. to sign michael layton and... yeah yeah they picked up um i think they i think was Layton waivers i think Layton was like they picked up uh from like carolina i think because i remember him coming in and he had like that he had like a blank mask for a game or two. Um, and then, yeah, it was Leighton and Boucher uh, just down the stretch. So uh, until, and then they pretty much, uh, Boucher started the playoffs, I think. And then he got hurt against the Bruins, of course. And then, man, yeah, that's when yeah, on, on June 10th, 2009, the Philadelphia Flyers announced they had agreed to terms on a one-year contract worth $1.5 million with Ray Emery. That was after he had spent a year with Atlanta Moscow. 
So Emery came back, and then on right. December 8th, Emery was placed on injured reserve to have surgery on a torn muscle in his abdomen. So that's okay. when, like, shit went kind of crazy, and they had to deal with Leighton and Boucher. Yeah. So, yeah, that year really got derailed by the goaltending. Yeah, and, I mean, it was ultimately the uh, the thing that brought him down. So, um, but I... I blame Ryan Parent. I, I think Ryan Parent's a fine... I mean, did we we ultimately concluded the anti All Star team, right? It was a uh, yes, yes in the Broad Street hockey, uh, yeah, hockey chat. Yeah, well, it was a uh, oh my god, I forget the team. It was uh, Deg. No, Deg didn't make it. It was um, Lecavier, Gratton, um, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Ryan Parent, Andrew McDonald, and then uh, who was the goalie we said? Do we? Did we say it was Briscoff? I think we wanted Briscoff. I think it was Briscoff. It had to be because yeah. he was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's if you want the anti all star team. All right. Can, can, can you name every every goaltender who played a game for the Flyers in 2009 2010? How many are listed? Five. Okay. So, Emery, Boucher, Layton. Yeah. Okay. So, Actually, were active with the team or played? I don't know. It just says game played. Oh my god, one. Johan Backlund. Yes, that's one. There's one more. He had three saves on four shots. One game played. Oh my god, you'll never get this one. Hold on. No, you don't. Can you give me? Could you tell me the game? No idea. I'll see if I can find out. Well, I think that this is the only NHL game this guy ever play, played in, so I might actually be able to find this. Okay. It's like bugging me Um, Because I have... Oh, man. I'm trying to think of... You'll, if you got this, I would lose my mind. I'm trying to think of the whole season now. It's bugging me. He, he 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 took four shots. There's no way you can do this. You tell me the game. You tell me the month. I will take a stab at it. Well, I am having trouble finding that. So Good. hockey reference. Okay. I'm on hockey reference. It's not giving you a game log for this one guy. Yeah, they got game logs for everybody, man. Oh my god, another goalie. Does he have three names? No, just just regular regular name. <laughs> regular okay. Uh, um, shit. It's okay. You can no, no, it's not okay, Stephen. One <laughs> NHL game, and he played with the Flyers for four shots. For four shots, he was clearly an emergency goaltender. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh man, holy shit. Uh. I, I just want to hear. We can figure out something. I'm just going to tell you. I'm just no, going to tell you. No, don't tell me. Fine. Think about it. Let's talk about something else. Oh, my else. God. All right. Dude, uh, you know what? You got to tell me because I was going to say I'm going to look at the game log. So, Jeremy Duchesne. Oh, dude. I, oh, my God. If you, you look me. up the game log, find out who we played against. I yeah. can find it. But, oh, my God. Hey, Jeremy Duchesne. Steven, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to give it to you straight. I think I could have gotten that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I impressed. 
I, well, I, I, I can, I'm impressed. I feel the life of me cannot remember that game, though, because it obviously wasn't the last game of the year. Because, I mean, fuck. I, I don't even remember when it was it probably one of the many emergency games throughout the season. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that's that's why that season got derailed. Razor Ray. Uh, I, in fact, I remember I went to one of the early games in that season where Emery started, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Chris Pronger, Ray Emery, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah. Yeah. Ugh, so parade is Thursday for the yep. Philadelphia Eagles, which is still surreal to say, but uh, <laughs> what, what are you doing for the parade, Craig? Where are you going? I'm going to be staying with my friend who lives on um, 11th and Lombard. By the way, if you hear clicking now, I'm trying to look up this game because I want to. That's fine. That's fine. I, so uh, you're going to 11th and Lombard. That's a good spot to be. Yeah, I, I think we're going. To... Are you going to attempt to go to the art museum? It sounds like a I, shit show. I, man, I. I just want to. I want to be with my my buddies again. I want to see them all on the float or the cars or whatever they're going to be in with the Lombardi Trophy, and then I want to drink lots of ice cold beers in public. So this is what my plan is as well. Yeah. So I'm I in mean, deep I, South Philly. I'm one of the first stops on the Victory Tour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is. I'm. I have invited almost everybody i know to my place just to like guys if you're going to the parade come here i've got five people sleeping over tomorrow night which is why we're not recording on wednesday i we're gonna wake up we're gonna do a little kegs and eggs action and my buddy my buddy who i've hosted for every playoff game has volunteered to make breakfast for everyone like i didn't even ask him to do this i was planning to do this he said he's gonna make breakfast for everybody we're going to put out meatballs. We're going to do this big South Philly style. It's going to be awesome. And I am just looking forward to this. I can't wait to see what the parade looks like. I hope the Budweiser Clydesdales are out there. I hope Brian <laughs> Dawkins is riding with them all Pat Burrell. I hope I'm turning total Philly right now. I don't even care. All my broadcasting training is going right out the window. I'm going to start saying water any second, but <laughs> I hope the roots are there. I hope the, if they have, if they have the roots playing on like a float, I'm going to lose my mind. Like that'll be the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> I doubt it'll happen, but if it does, I'm going to lose my mind. I I just, I, I don't care even, I, dude, I don't know. I love this team. I love what happened. I'm so excited. I mean, they landed in the plane. Everybody waiting from the airport. They brought the Lombardi trophy over to the fence to show the fans. Who does that? Yeah, no. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be a ridiculous scene. By the way, Stephen, I found it. It was on Hockey Reference. You son of a bitch. And it was an April first game. They lost six to four to the Islanders. And I actually, I remember. I would never, I would have never guessed this game. I do remember this game though, because do you remember? Um, you remember how the Flyers had that long streak against the Thrashers of winning? Oh yeah, like, and Taro Nidamaki. Yeah. And I, they had similar success with the Islanders first stretch, but it was a thing where like they had lost once and I don't know. Yeah, like, and I think there was a, a Flyers goaltender for that stretch also that had beaten the Islanders a bunch of times. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I feel like that was a thing. So the the thing with this one is, I, I think this was the end of like that rough stretch of games for the Islanders. And I remember it because it was near the end of the season when the Flyers needed points and the Islanders, it was a Thursday night and they beat them. 
I mean, they jumped out to a pretty early lead, I think. Actually, well, I got the page pulled up here. Um, yeah, the Islanders were up 3 nothing in the first 7.45. And then on two goals from Blake Como and one goal from Franz Nielsen. Uh, and then they went up 4 nothing early in the second, thanks to Sean uh, Bergenheim. And I guess I guess he came, uh, Tuchesny came in late in the game, maybe? Don't know. Couldn't tell Is you. Is it Duchesny? Oh yeah, Duchesny. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, it's not. It's not Duchesne. It's Duchesny. Yes. Huh. Oh. Like Duke Kenny Chesney. <laughs> yes, like Duke, just like Duke Kenny Chesney. Yes. Remember, remember when the Eagles had Riley Cooper on the team and he was racist uh, and Chip Kelly didn't call him immediately. I try to not that, think about. But just think about that in comparison to now. Oh yeah, I know. It's yeah. It's, not a it's Riley ridiculous. Cooper to be found. Yeah, it's ridiculous how um, it, it's just ridiculous to look at how different these teams were and like how much different this team was compared to a bunch of the Eagles teams in the past. And it's um, I mean, it, it's just awesome. It, it's just awesome that we were actually the like alive to see it. So uh, and just to see Nick Foles as Super Bowl MVP, uh, <laughs> yeah. who apparently was already in a Disney parade at Disney world. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I is this a regular that. thing? <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. To, uh, yeah. Cause he was down there today. Right. He was down there Tuesday. I think. No, he was down there yesterday. Like, was down that there was like the today. first thing he did was he went to, t- <laughs> like he said, I'm going to Disney world. And I think they literally put him on a flight to Disney world a second later. <laughs> yeah. That is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> Just immediately already down there. Oh, um. Oh, I'm looking up the. Uh, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm looking up that loss. The Flyers had one, one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. They had won 15 straight against the Islanders before they had lost this uh, important game late, early in April when they needed points. Right. On the one of the main reasons they even needed to go into a shootout against the Rangers to yeah. secure the season. This was also, it was, um, it was back when they played like each, there was the five team divisions and they played each team in the division, I think eight times. So like this was it, like the last time they lost before this was in February of 08. So like they beat the shit out of the Islanders this many times in like two and a half years. So it was kind of like an obnoxious thing, but I, I do not remember him. Being on that route. I remember they signed John Sebastian Alba or they signed Sebastian Caron, I think, too, that in like April that year, too. Because I, th- I think it was around that time when, like, uh, I forget who got hurt, but they needed like another goalie just as like an emergency backup kind of thing. So, yeah. But <sighs> there it is. Hey, I'm watching the, uh, they're showing like the Eagles parade parade route right now so I, I there's no way i'm getting to the art museum i feel like it's gonna be too much yeah I, i'm not even gonna try i'm, I'm worried kegs and eggs come over my house great yeah i'm worried about tomorrow like actually uh driving down there like i'm not taking public transportation but like i'm worried about actually getting down there and be able to park tomorrow night i yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you <laughs> philadelphia is a nightmare for parking at all times i don't know what to tell you yeah i, I don't know if it's gonna be I might just take public transportation into the city tomorrow night. It's um, not a terrible idea, and yeah. Yeah, the, the problem is going to be um, getting out of the city on Friday. Right, I mean... Or it's Thursday night, I mean. I, I think 
I mean, I, I remember uh, after the Phillies parade was done, this is 10 years ago, so my memory's great on that front. Uh, <laughs> I just remember everything kind of being done at like 4 p.m. and, you know, everything had kind of calmed down by then. So, I mean, yeah. my most vivid memories from that day are Chase Utley saying world fucking champions. My grandma high fiving me in Citizens Bank Park when he said <laughs> that. And then, which is uh, another reason my grandma's the best. Yeah. And ending up in Finn McCool's, or as M calls it, fun Mr. Cool's. And <laughs> this guy saying world fucking champions and throwing a pint glass down and smashing it. And then he did it again. And I'm like, okay. Or no, it wasn't a pint glass. I'm sorry. It was a Miller Lite bottle. I'm just like, please stop that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, For the love of God, yeah. you're going to get us all kicked out of fun Mr. Cools. But uh, <laughs> it is definitely not called that. But uh, yeah. So I, I think you'll be all right. But uh, we'll see. But uh, gang, stay safe out there. Uh, do not break any more windows at Macy's. Or, yeah, don't uh, be an invade. idiot. I mean, be don't be an idiot. No, no yeah. burning cars. I know it was only one, but it was one too many. Don't steal any more horses. Please, I hope that wasn't the guy in the chain mail finding his huh. steed. But <laughs> and uh, yeah, just be respectful, be kind. And guys, I mean, we're getting a we're getting a Super Bowl parade. We're in yeah. we're in special times. But this man, is, I, I I can't stop smiling. Yeah, this is nuts. Like I, it's it's kind of still surreal. Like I can't yeah. believe it actually happened. So, but I am legit exhausted from just everything i'm just so sore I'm, I'm like i don't know why i'm this sore i'm tired i'm sore yeah. but i feel great it's yeah. something else but uh gang if you have any feedback uh craig sports are bad on twitter i am by the way stay bomb or fly purbly follow broad street hockey like broad street hockey on facebook and of course listen to the broad street hockey radio podcast great stuff guys yeah. by the way i i do need i, I mean i need to explain myself here because my Twitter handle is sports are bad and I need to clear up, clear up a couple things here. So <laughs> obviously at this moment, sports are not bad. Um, and I, you know, I don't know why I ever doubted sports to begin with because clearly I was wrong the entire time, but uh, you know, I, that's why it's a perfect Twitter handle. So it's uh, when everybody, when the teams I like win, it's, it's, it's great. And people make fun of me for my brand, but when uh, shitty things happen to my sports teams, it's a, it's a great brand. So it's always a win-win for me. And this is a uh, could not be happier. My brand is in the in the dump right now. So, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I I had to clear that up for some people. So I I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, thank you. But uh, <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, guys, we we do welcome feedback. Uh, sports are bad. Fly purpley. Estee bomb. Broad Street Hockey, BSH Radio. Uh, flyperbole at gmail.com is the email address. But that's all I got. That's all we got. No, that's a, yeah, that's all we got. And, I mean, you know, that's all we need. So yeah. Something else, man. Something else. But uh, yeah. I was I would quote Gene Hart, but, uh, you know, we're, we talked a lot of football in this one. So, I mean, I just – Gotta say, man, I'm so happy. Uh, congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles on bringing Philly the championship. We are so proud of you guys. We're so happy. And I hope you're listening, Ron, because you guys are next. We need one. Yeah. We need a Flyers parade. 
I want a Flyers parade my lifetime, man. I'm going to go nuts, and it's going to be awesome. So, Ron, bring it home, buddy. We love you. Come on, Ron. Bring it home. Come on, Ron. That's enough. Quit putzing around. Come on. Quit putzing around. Get on it. Get on it, Ron. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.